Hi, and welcome to Seen and Heard. My name is Allison Tristo, and I'm the Community Field Representative with Western United Dairies. Today, we are going to be playing a seminar that happened at the World Ag Expo that was given by Anya Radabaugh, the CEO of Western United Dairies, talking about Landflex. So let's go ahead and get into that. Pacific Gas and Electric is here to remind you that signs keep you safe. Sections of our natural gas transmission pipeline travel underground and beneath agricultural land. For the safety of you, your family, and your employees, pipeline markers are placed to indicate the approximate location of the pipe as a reminder to use extra care. Removing a pipeline marker creates a serious safety hazard. To have additional markers placed or report damaged or missing markers, please call your PG&E account manager or our Agricultural Customer Service Center at 877-311-3276. To learn more, visit www.pge.com slash agsafety. Remember, signs keep you safe. Yosemite Farm Credit is the farmer's choice for agriculture financing. As a farmer-owned cooperative, we are dedicated to serving our neighbors in the agriculture community with financial products and services tailored to your operation and backed with the relationship you can trust. Whether you're purchasing real estate, making improvements to the dairy, or wanting to purchase or lease equipment, we're here to help our members prosper. Visit our website at yosemitefarmcredit.com to find a branch location nearest you. Hope you had a great week. It was a mostly lower one across our dairy markets. The block cheese price was the only one that inched a little bit higher, closing the week at 188. That's up almost two cents from last week. However, we lost a little bit more on the barrel side of the equation, closing the week at 154.75. So quite a divergence between the two cheese prices that drive our class three formula or price for the month. Butter we lost as well, down to 237.50, and nonfat gave up some of the gains from last week, closing the week at 122, down a little over four cents. With the spot market action, uh, we saw the class three and four second quarter futures give up most of the gains we gained last week, so we're seeing still quite a bit of continued volatility in the markets as they uh, continue to look for direction. We hear still a lot of talk about plenty of milk available in the Midwest with heavy discounts now for several weeks for spot milk, um, and that's keeping the cheese plants pretty full in those regions. We are also keeping an eye on EU milk uh, production. Milk prices there reached record levels in 2022, but are now starting to soften a bit. Uh, which tells us milk production uh, growth might have peaked, though may still stay in positive territory uh, for a bit longer. It was a pretty quiet week in terms of dairy reports, but next week that changes quite a bit. We'll start out uh, the week with Monday as a holiday. The markets will be closed. Tuesday, we'll have a global dairy trade or GDT auction. 
all eyes will be on China uh, buying activity there uh, to set the tone, mostly in the powder markets, followed by a milk production report uh, that'll highlight data for the month of January. We'll get that on Wednesday and a cold storage report on Friday, which will give us a look at inventories uh, levels and kind of coming out of the post-holiday season. Please reach out if you have any questions. All right, so generally speaking, Landflex was developed in response to the governor's water supply strategy, which adapts the state to a hotter and drier future. And we have some simple objectives in Landflex uh, to protect vulnerable drinking water wells in drought-stricken communities. And we want to try to limit groundwater pumping in areas near communities that are vulnerable. Uh, and also eliminating long-term reliability on groundwater uh, this is all, these are all components that this audience is very used to, so I won't belabor those points. So the initial round of funding, and I actually did get some good news this morning that I'll talk about at the end, is for $25 million. Um, the remaining funding available after NGOs, after they pay um, for Aubrey and I's staff, essentially, is $23. And these grant awards, good morning, Assemblyman. How are you? Thanks for coming. What a pleasure to see your face. Got to make sure I give you some credit there. All right, so there, that's right. So right now, uh, there are a total of three awards for the solicitation. Um, the additional $25 million is also going to be made available at the end of this month. And so applicants uh, essentially will be applying to their GSAs um, somewhere between the amount of $7.7 and $11.6 million per each GSA. And so I'm going to speed through some of this stuff because a lot of this is on our website, landflex.org. But there are three components to the program that separate it and make it unique from any other following program that exists today. The first one is the one we're all familiar with, immediate drought relief by fallowing land for one year. Each acre foot of water saved by fallowing that crop would receive up to $350 per acre foot. The final amount will be determined by your local GSA. The second payment component is the long-term elimination of groundwater overdraft. A farmer will receive $1,000 per acre foot to permanently eliminate that acre foot of annual pumping, which exceeds the locally determined levels of sustainability by your GSA. Alternatively, alternatively, an appropriate amount may be determined by a GSA and a farmer. The final piece of the transition is a, what we're calling a transition payment. But the idea here is that depending on your current land use, the farmer would receive an acre, up to $2,800 an acre, to permanently remove either tree crops, vines, something that's sucking up water way beyond the sustainable yield, and planting cover crops in its stead, or some kind of crop that fits within the sustainable yield of the GSA. So the enrolled acreage, which would be up to 40 acres, or 25% of the total acreage of that entity, whichever is greater. Those are one, one guardrail we put in the place. And the scoring for each farmer is based on proximity to reported dry wells and at-risk communities. Those of you that decide to enroll in this program that are closer to at-risk communities will be scored higher. Individual applicants must include a following plan um, or the equivalent. We call it a land repurposing plan 
but in parlance that means you need to come up with a way to cover crop. Hi there, how are you? Good to see you again. So the GSA will use ET or groundwater well metering as a form of accounting methodology. An eligible cost for each farmer can begin on December 9th, 2022 and end on September 2023. We were trying very hard to match your costs to the water year expenses. So most of us have made some planting decisions to some extent, but if you haven't pulled your orchard or your vineyard out yet, hopefully this is something that you can backdate cost to starting December 9th. So let's talk more about definitions and payments components. Again, this is a summary of the three payment components which your total funding would be based on. So I'm gonna put this definition up there. Don't spend too much time uh, squirreling up your brain, getting your head wrapped around it. This is the official definition of overdraft in the LandFlex guidelines, which are public and again, are available on landflex.org. Um, and so DWR recognizes that in many circumstances, groundwater is being used in an overdraft circumstance to continue to grow crops on a glide path elimination to sigma. This is a commonly accepted methodology here in the Valley. I will say that DWR was rather shocked at the state level to understand that you guys were actually using overdraft. Anyway, I won't dwell on that, but um, so some of this was pulling back the curtain a little bit on how we're doing things and uh, generally trying to expedite that glide path. As you know, in Sacramento, a lot of the criticism around Sigma is that we're not moving fast enough. So that is really where some of the power brokers that helped us design this program landed. So a lot of these dates have already passed. I've highlighted the one that's coming up. Our farmer portal will open next Tuesday along with grant applications. So the awards for each eligible GSA will be announced next week. I was reminded that Monday is a state holiday, so it's likely that the awards will be announced and the farm portal will open exactly one week today on Tuesday. As heaven forbid, we work on a day off. So eligible applicants, uh, generally speaking, GSAs that are in a critically overdrafted basin, and there's some rules around what that means. I think everybody in this room generally knows what that means. Um, they have to have an allocation plan for groundwater in place and implemented during water year 2022 which I think you know if you're not in a GSA that's already adopted that, you'll understand what that statement means. You need to have a qualified volume of allowed annual overdraft pumping available, whether it's a quarter of an acre foot, half an acre foot, an acre foot. These are all things that DWR is looking in your application. They're looking for in your application. Um, implemented a remote sensing evapotranspiration technology, including but not limited to open ET, land IQ, or similar. I know that Madeira uses something different. Um, or that they can demonstrate a use of an equivalent al alternative accounting method like groundwater well metering. And you can feel free to put that in the parking lot. There's, there's lots of questions about that one still. So generally, this is how the GSAs were able to determine in their application period a couple weeks ago whether or not they were in the proximity of dry wells or at-risk and vulnerable communities. They used the Sigma tool. Or played around with that, you know that the number one rule for the Sigma tool is to have really good broadband. If you don't have good broadband, which eliminates like 75% of us in the room, um, you really have a hard time with the Sigma tool. But if you go to Starbucks, they pay a lot of money for their broadband. You can certainly put your property in there and figure out generally where you are in proximity to wells. And this is what the technical systems providers are here to do. 
help you figure out where you are in this, in this scheme of dry wells. So I won't belabor this, generally speaking, but the GSA scoring criteria, this is how they scored. Um, if you basically the, the highest number of dry wells, uh, the highest number of domestic wells, and the highest number located near and adjacent to dry or vulnerable communities scored the highest. Okay, let's talk about what I think most of you are here to do and see, which is the funding aspect for farmers. We've talked about how you qualify. Uh, this is how you can expect the funding scheme to work. So Landflex will provide incentives to farmers for each enrolled acre. To ensure small and mid-sized farms have access to the program, we wanna make sure that eligibility is limited to farmers with a three-year average adjusted gross income of $2.5 million or less. Many of you have different in entities within your operations. I'll let you be creative on how you do the math. A single entity may enroll up to 25% of their total acreage or 40 acres, whichever is greater. No individual grant uh, will be greater than $2.5 million. So there is a payment cap on this. Um, it's significantly different from some of the mailbox checks that we get. Farmers are identified based on their proximity to drinking water wells that have gone dry or are in jeopardy of going dry. So here are the documentations, generally speaking, that will need to be submitted as part of your application. You have some FSA forms demonstrating that you did in fact grow on that land before. Um, we can't just basically exchange one fallowed acre for another. Um, if you do not have those FSA documentations, and some of our small farmers are in that boat, uh, you need to use a CCC form 941. You may enroll leased ground. You would have to provide a copy of that lease. However, there is some questions about whether or not that leased ground would come with the sustainable overdraft payment. Most of you who are in a lease cannot very well sell the overdraft that belongs to the owner. So that's a question for another time. Any other documentation that might demonstrate crop planting patterns? Again, if FSA documents are not available. Is Landflex for you? Let's find out. So, first question we'll need to ask after Monday is, was Landflex awarded to my GSA? Yes or no? Is my land in proximity to reported dry wells or at-risk communities? And again, the TAPs are here to help you find out the information, the answer to that. Have you already been considering following land? This is a big question. I would say most of us have. And then are you looking to adhere to or plan for Sigma in the future? Yes or no? These are all things that kind of put you in the, I'm lukewarm, maybe I can do this. So let's talk about payments and what they would look like. So let's say you answered yes to all those previous questions. You now have some 40 acres of alfalfa and maybe you think is underperforming or for whatever reason, you, you, you're okay to follow it. You're looking at about an ET, three, three acre feet per acre. I know that this changes depending on where you are in your geography, we can talk about that. And you have a sustainable yield allocation of one acre feet per acre. Your domestic well relief payment in this situation would be 40 acres times that three acre feet, assuming the GSA in this case maximize that $350 award to you because they can go up to 350. That piece of the payment would be $42,000 for those 40 acres. The sustainable yield acceleration payment, which is a fancy way of saying that you're giving up a piece of your overdraft, would be $1,000 per acre foot on that acre. That's $40,000 for those 40 acres. 
And the transition payment, which again is you planting cover crops, you accepting that maybe tomatoes are the right choice for you in the future, you would receive $80,000 on those 40 acres to make that transition. So in this particular example, your payment would be $162,000 for that 40 acres. And I have a couple caveats. Under this scenario, the farmer and his GSA determine, and his GSA determine that one acre foot of overdraft is available to sell and that the domestic well relief payment is at maximum $350 per acre foot. So this hopefully gives you an idea of where our brains were when we developed this program. There's my colleague right there, Aubrey Betancourt with the Almond Alliance, who I couldn't have done this program without because she knows water. <laughs> yeah. Don't yourself short. Ah, well, you know, we, we both lift each other up in darkness, and Sacramento is awful and dark, often very dark and full of terrors. So... Um, all right, so then let's look at a different example, almonds, and I couldn't get the PowerPoint to cooperate, but generally speaking, you've got something similar. A domestic well relief payment, and for argument's sake, I'm only looking at 40 acres, guys, so you know you do the math. This is not 25% of your entity, that's fine. But you've got three and a half acre feet, again, average ET for almonds. Multiply that by 350 times 40. Your payment for that 40 acres would be $49,000. Sustainable yield acceleration piece, again, you and your GSA have determined that you have one acre foot of overdraft to sell. So your piece for that would be $40,000 for the sustainable yield payment. And then your transition, so to not grow almonds again, understand that statement, um, would be $112,000 for those 40 acres. Again, I've got those caveats, same as before. But you can get a general idea of what these payments will look like and whether or not they're going to fit for you. I don't accept that Landflex is going to be the solution for everyone. We all have to accept in this room that some people are following for nothing right now. So moving on. Uh, once GSAs are selected, again, we got a little less than a week for that announcement to be made, there will be provided a local average ET by crop that will assist you in estimating your payment. Every GSA has got a few tweaks that are a little different. Every ET by crop is a little different depending on which basin you're in. You don't want to be using some Sacramento Valley numbers. So we will be providing you a local ET by crop for those relevant GSAs. As more and more GSAs come online, more and more local averages will be provided. Cover cropping is expected as part of this contract. That is something that Sacramento gets really, really excited about. I think for a lot of us, it's just part of our business. We understand we have to mitigate for, for air quality issues. Um, but this was a really important component of give to Sacramento. They expect you to cover crop. And I'd say if you're a dairy farmer, you're like this year. So. Cover crop ET needs to be estimated at the time of contract and deducted as part of your overall ET savings. We've been round and round about this. This is not a perfect program. Hopefully the next round we might get a little bit more perfect. But if you know cover cropping uses, I don't know, a quarter acre foot per acre, instead of saying you're gonna save three acre feet per acre, you're gonna save 2.75. Okay, this is just, this is me spitballing here. You guys know the needs of your operations best. There is a vast list of cover crops available. In some circumstances, even corn is considered a cover crop. So these are things that we really, the TAPS will be able to help you with, to help you understand, um, and hopefully it, it, we can make it work for you. I would say as long as you are presenting your following plan in a fantastic bee habitat, pollinator habitat, 
kit fox habitat, toad, frog, you get my drift. Make it fancy. All right, so domestic well relief payment or the ET savings will be a contract for one year. Okay, so we expect to see that cover crop grounded on that acre. There will be some kind of quality control. Um, and following that year of fallowing, the property re may return to production within the confines of the GSA of sustainable yield. All right, so following a year of fallowing, so this last line is probably what you wanna ask about. And so we'll spend some time on this last line. But we don't know how much more rain we're gonna get. We don't know how many more flood releases are gonna be made available. These are all great questions, and they're things that, ironically, DWR is really encouraging you to do. They want you to recharge like fools. They don't care how you do it. In fact, if you don't want to tell them about it, they're cool with that. These are all things that have been discussed at length, but this is why there is a gray area around you and your GSA determining what sustainable yield looks like. They can't buy what you don't sell them. All right, a couple other things. Oh no, that's it. I think that's it. So um, yeah, I just wanted to give a little shout out to the rest of the technical systems providers. Um, we have had a fantastic team. And I will say um, out of many bureaucracies that Aubrey and I have worked with, DWR is an operator and they have been just great partners, really willing to torture us, drill down on questions. Um, but it really started with a will to be creative about Sigma. They do not want the State Water Board out here, believe it or not, they do not want that. That is their last resort. So they see Landflex as a bridge to accomplishing their objective in maintaining local control. Did you know that you can turn your dairy manure into cash? Bennett Environmental is offering above ground dairy digesters at no cost to you. These systems can also remove nitrates from your lagoons to help you comply with water board regulations. Our proven above ground technology will generate income for your dairy into the foreseeable future. Because we truck the renewable natural gas off site, your dairy can profit regardless of your location. Bennett Environmental, turning your wastewater liabilities into sustainable assets. Learn more at bennett-environmental.com. Are you tired of hearing that the main way to save water is fallowing? Are you tired of seeing articles about how alfalfa and corn waste water? At Common Good Water, we combine the best-in-class subsurface drip system and precision crop management services, including pest control. Our verification program qualifies for public funding, and we want to help you continue farming in California. Contact your groundwater sustainability agency and ask how you can work with Common Good Water. Visit commongoodwater.com. Thanks for listening to Seen and Heard. If you want to subscribe, you will get notifications when a new episode drops each week, and we hope you have a great week. Thank you to the Western United Dairy's generous business sponsors, the Morning Star Company, Holt of California, Farm Credit Alliance, PG&E, Arata, Swingle, Van Egmond and Goodwin Law Offices, Yosemite Farm Credit, F&R Ag Services, Moss Energy Works, California Dairy Magazine, Bennett Environmental, and Common Good Water. We appreciate our sponsors and thank them for their continued support.